Welcome back, listeners, to our deep dive series where we unravel the complexities of groundbreaking scientific papers. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen, ready to unpack another exciting topic. Today, we're delving into a paper with significant implications in the world of evolutionary biology and genetics. Absolutely, Jen. The paper we're looking at is titled Phylogenetic Least Squares Estimation Without Genetic Distances by Peter B. Chai and Volodymyr M. Minin, two researchers making strides in the realm of phylogenetic inference. For our listeners who might be scratching their heads, phylogenetic inference is all about constructing evolutionary trees based on genetic data which is crucial for understanding how species evolve and relate to each other. Right, and traditionally, this involves estimating genetic distances between species and then finding the tree that best fits those distances. It's a bit like creating a family tree, but instead of people, we've got different species. What's groundbreaking about this paper is that it proposes a new method that bypasses the step of estimating genetic distances first, diving directly into the sequence data itself to construct the phylogeny, that's the technical term for the evolutionary tree. Yes, and this approach seems to offer a more direct and potentially accurate way of inferring phylogenies. It's based on what we call least squares estimation, a statistical method used across various fields to find the best fit line through a set of data points. But here, it's adapted brilliantly for phylogenetic analysis. And we'll dig into why and how that's important in our core se section. But before getting too ahead of ourselves, let's provide some contextual background to set the stage. Definitely. Phylogenetic trees are vital for understanding the history of life. They help us trace how organisms have evolved, adapting to different environments, and splitting into distinct species over time. And, as we said before, the traditional way of inferring these trees starts with genetic distances, essentially using the mutations in DNA to gauge how closely related two organisms are. The problem, though, is that estimating these distances involves summary statistics that might not capture all the nuances in the data. These summaries can, in a way, lose some of the information encoded in those genetic sequences. That's where this paper shines. The authors introduce an ingenious method that directly incorporates the sequence data. They argue and demonstrate that their method can match or even outperform existing approaches in terms of accuracy. Moving into our core section, the methodology is robust. The researchers start with an established substitution model, the Jukes-Cantor model, and tweak it to work with their new least squares estimation method. The key findings are pretty exciting, they show that their method not only improves branch length estimates on the phylogenetic tree, Bouquet, but can also topology, which is the branching structure of the tree, with a level of accuracy that's comparable to more computationally heavy methods like maximum likelihood estimation. And these results have profound implications for the field. First, it could speed up the process of inferring phylogenetic trees, which is a big deal considering the increasing amount of genetic data we're generating today. It also potentially offers a new tool for studying evolution in more detail. The authors mention, for instance, that their method could be used to focus on specific types of mutations like those responsible for drug resistance in viruses. In conclusion, this paper doesn't just propose a new way of inferring phylogenetic trees, it challenges the status quo and opens doors to more efficient and detailed evolutionary studies. 
phylogenetic least squares estimation could well be the next big thing in the field. Like in any scientific endeavor, we look forward to seeing how other researchers build upon and apply this innovative approach. As always, we'll continue to monitor the developments and bring you the latest. Until next time, stay curious and keep evolving your understanding of the world around us. This is Tom signing off. And this is Jen. Thank you for tuning in and exploring the frontiers of science with us. We'll catch you on the next episode. Welcome back to the show. Are your feet feeling the cosmic crunch of tight shoes? Then blast off to relief with Meteor Horn Inc. because today's episode is sponsored by the Celestial Craftsmen of Comfort. Do you dream of sliding into your loafers like a spaceship docks into the International Space Station? With Meteor Horn's extraterrestrial engineering, your feet will experience the zero-gravity bliss of perfect shoe fitting. Crafted from real meteorites, each shoe horn is heat-treated in the fury of a shooting star, giving hot fashion a whole new meaning. And thanks to their Astroglide technology, your feet won't just slip into your shoes, they'll embark on a frictionless journey to the other side of the universe. Say goodbye to the black holes of tight footwear and launch your feet into comfort. Remember, don't force it, meteor horn it. You're not just wearing shoes, you're wearing a shooting star on your heel. Head over to meteorhorn.inc and use promo code ASTROPOD for a stellar 20% off your first purchase. Lift off your shoe-wearing experience to astronomical heights with Meteorhorn Inc., where every step is a giant leap for foot kind. Tom and Jen, launch your feet into comfort with Meteorhorn. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of our podcast. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we have an outly fascinating topic for you. Bend benchmarking DNA language models on biologically meaningful tasks. Yes, it's an area that might sound like science fiction to some, but is rooted in cutting-edge scientific research. But before we dive in, let's give our listeners a bit of context on why this paper is so significant. Absolutely, Tom. DNA sequences are often likened to a language, and like any language, it can be studied and decoded. With the recent advancements in machine learning, especially in natural language processing, or NLP, researchers have started applying similar techniques to understanding the language of genes. That's right, Jen. And the implications of this are huge. From better understanding of genetic diseases to personalized medicine, the possibilities are endless. But one of the big challenges has been the lack of standard benchmarks. Which brings us to the main concept of the paper, BEND. It stands for Benchmarking DNA Language Models, and it's a collection of tasks designed to measure how effectively these models can capture the complexities of genomic data. And given the complexity, there's also a lot of jargon and complex vocabulary used in this field, which we'll break down as we discuss the paper. But before we get into the nitty-gritty, let's talk about language models, or LMs, for our listeners who might not be familiar. These are models trained to predict the next word in a sentence, and they've become incredibly powerful thanks to large datasets and better algorithms. That's right, Jen. And what's remarkable is that researchers are now using LMs to predict the next word in a sequence of DNA. But instead of words, the alphabet is made up of nucleotides, A, T, C, and G. Precisely. So these models have to understand patterns in these sequences, which aren't as straightforward as in written language, 
there are long-range interactions, sparsity of data, and other intricacies unique to the genetic code. Now onto the core of the paper. The BEND benchmark puts these DNA LMs through a variety of tasks, from gene finding and enhancer annotation to predicting the effects of mutations. Gene finding involves identifying the coding and non-coding parts of a genome, which is like finding sentences in a long string of letters. Enhancer annotation is about locating segments that regulate how genes are expressed, which can be miles away from the gene in terms of the DNA sequence. Then there's chromatin accessibility prediction, which is a bit like predicting whether a word in a sentence is actually going to be heard or whether it's whispered. And another task is histone modification prediction, which deals with how the DNA is packaged within cells. The researchers tested various publicly available self-supervised DNA LMs on these tasks and compared them with supervised models trained specifically for these tasks. And these LMs showed that they could approach and sometimes even exceed the performance of the specialized models on some tasks. Especially noteworthy is that they did so without being explicitly trained for those specific tasks. However, it's not all roses. The paper highlighted that these LMs still have challenges when it comes to reasoning over very long contexts, such as finding enhancers, which is something humanity still struggles to understand fully. Moving on to the implications, the BEND framework helps establish standardized benchmarks, which is a big step towards developing LMs that can really decode the language of life. And to wrap up, the paper concludes that while DNA LMs have shown promise, there is still a lot of room for improvement, especially when it comes to capturing long-range and sparse signals encoded in the DNA. In our personal reflections, Jen and I are both incredibly excited about the potential of DNA LMs. It's a field that's still in its infancy, but could revolutionize our understanding of biology and medicine. Absolutely, Tom. We're just scratching the surface of what's possible. It's like being at the dawn of a new era of genetic discovery. And with that, we conclude today's deep dive. Remember to check out our show notes for more information and to join us next time for another exciting episode. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you all soon. Have you ever stared into a kaleidoscope and thought, well, this could use more science fiction? Or stood in awe of the aurora borealis wishing you could fit it in your pocket? Then hold on to your hats, folks, because plasmascope dynamics is about to blow your mind. Picture this. You're at the most exclusive event of the year, and the room is alive. Walls, ceilings, even floors are a canvas where light meets plasma in a dazzling dance of color. Thanks to the wizards at Plasmiscope Dynamics, you can control this psychedelic spectacle with just a thought. And some wildly interpretative dance moves your uncle might bust out at a wedding. Ever wanted to feel like a billionaire with eccentric taste? Now's your chance. Their installations aren't just a feast for the eyes. They're a full-course meal, snack. What's more than a feast, Jen? A party, Tom. A full-blown plasma-fueled color fiesta. So, if you want to experience the intersection of maverick art and mad science, visit Plasmascope Dynamics, where light meets plasma, a dazzling dance of color. And tell them Tom and Jen sent you for an extra. Well, we can't promise anything, but you'll have a good time. That's Plasmascope Dynamics, making you question reality one swirling color at a time. <laughs> Welcome back to our podcast, where we dive deep into thought-provoking topics in science and beyond. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen. 
Today's episode is going to be both a brain workout and a fascinating journey as we discuss the sophisticated world of gene expression in growing cells. We'll be exploring a biophysical primer on this topic, discussing a paper by Ido Golding and Ariel Amir. This paper is a game changer in the field because it addresses a missing link between two critical processes in living systems, cell growth and gene expression. We're going to unpack why this paper is significant, starting with the context it sits in. For the longest time, scientists studied gene regulation with models that, well, pretty much neglected cell growth effects. And that's an issue because, in reality, the amount of machinery necessary for gene expression, like RNA polymerase and ribosomes, actually changes as cells grow and split. Right. And the Golding-Amir paper bridges the gap between experimental single-cell methods that have been revealing fascinating details about gene expression and the theoretical models that are trying to keep up. We'll be untangling the complex vocabulary as we go, making sure everyone can follow along, whether you're a seasoned biophysicist or just curious about the secrets of the cell. Our core discussion will delve into the objectives and methodology used in the paper, but more importantly, the key findings and what they mean. It seems that gene expression patterns are far from static. They're dynamic, fluctuating with the cell cycle, and that has big implications on how genes are regulated. And we'll examine how these findings might affect the larger landscape of biological research, from potential medical applications to how we understand the fundamental nature of life. In conclusion, we'll reflect on the paper's implications and its relevance in today's rapidly evolving scientific environment, ensuring we leave you with a comprehensive understanding of this advanced topic. So, let's activate our intellectual curiosity and prepare for some biophysical enlightenment. Stay tuned and let's dive into the world of gene expression in growing cells. Has your neck ever felt like it's missing a supernova of style? Are you looking to be the celestial body at the center of your social solar system? Then you need to tie one on from Aurora Bowtie Nanza, the final frontier in fashionable neckwear. Each Aurora Bowtie Nanza is charged with solar flare, so you can radiate confidence at your next soiree. Imagine the awe as you strut into a room, your neck aglow with the ethereal light of the Aurora Borealis. And don't worry about burning out. Our cosmic bow ties are guaranteed to outshine even the brightest stars in the galaxy. So whether you're accepting a Nobel Prize or just gracing the local pub with your magnificence, make sure you're wrapped in the elegance of the universe with Aurora Bowtie Nanza. You don't want to just be in the party. Be the constellation everyone's gravitating towards. Grab your Aurora Bowtie Nanza today, and you'll always be the brightest object in the night sky. Because at Aurora Bowtie Nanza, you're not just wearing a bow tie. You're wearing a cosmic event. Hello to all our listeners tuning in. This is Tom. And I'm Jen. Welcome back to another deep dive episode of our award-winning podcast. Today, we're taking an insightful journey into a significant yet often overlooked topic. Absolutely. We're going to explore the paper titled exploring the relationship between COVID-19 induced economic downturn and women's nutritional health disparities by Allah M. Sadek from Kufa University's Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology. This study is a crucial piece in understanding the multifaceted impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic, particularly on women's nutritional health. 
right? And it's particularly significant because it delves into the socioeconomic aspects of health, a topic that's garnered a lot of attention amidst the pandemic. Today, we'll tackle the introduction, key concepts, detailed discussion of the study's objectives and methodology, plus its implications and applications, top it off with a conclusion, and of course, our personal reflections. And to all our listeners, don't worry if some concepts are new to you. We're here to break them down. So let's grab a nutritious snack and get started. Jen, will you do the honors of leading us into the introduction? With pleasure, Tom. The COVID-19 pandemic has created ripples across the globe, extending far beyond the immediate health implications. It has shifted research focus, accelerating a range of studies addressing our changed behaviors, health impacts, and societal adjustments during this time. Indeed. And each study we look at offers a snapshot of how medical research is adapting to meet these challenges. From analyzing consumer behavior during the pandemic to diving deep into conditions like preeclampsia, researchers like Sedek and others have been on the frontier of these innovative explorations. That's right, Tom. The paper we're discussing today brings to light the pressing issue of how economic challenges have influenced nutritional choices and access to good quality food among women. And it's this realignment of focus that's important. By understanding these shifts, we can create more targeted and effective policies to address health disparities. Now, listeners, we know nutritional health disparities can sound like a mouthful, but simply put, this term refers to the differences in nutrition and dietary quality experienced by, by different socioeconomic groups. And with that context in mind, let's dive into the paper's core. The methodology adopted by the researcher is a mixed methods approach. It combines quantitative analysis from health and economic databases with qualitative insights via interviews with diverse women. This dual approach is quite powerful as it gives a more holistic view of the situation. We get the hard numbers and the human experiences. The findings are alarming, yet unsurprising. The economic downturn has exacerbated existing nutritional disparities, particularly hitting low-income and marginalized communities. Women in these groups reported a troubling decrease in access to nutritious foods and a reliance on more affordable, yet less healthy options. This ties into the paper's implications and applications. The data reveal an urgent need for targeted nutritional support and economic policies that address these health needs, something policymakers really need to pay attention to. Spot on, Tom. Now let's tie all this together in our conclusion. The COVID-19 pandemic has reshaped countless lives and the broader tapestry of health research. This paper by Ala M. Sadek provides impactful insights into the intersection of economic hardship and women's health. And our personal reflection on this is one of somber acknowledgement of the challenges faced by women globally. It's our hope that discussions like ours today will help shine a light on these disparities and spur action. Absolutely, Tom. Listeners, thank you for joining us on this journey through a crucially important paper. Until next time, stay informed and stay healthy. We'll be back soon with another episode. Remember to take care of yourself and those around you. Goodbye for now. Goodbye, everyone. Are you tired of toothpaste that just doesn't live up to the fairy tale? Well, buckle up, Buttercup, because Grin Green Ogre Paste, Inc. is about to take your mouth on an enchanted journey with Ogre Mint.
Say hello to the dental breakthrough that's making waves in mythical oral care with real ogre tooth extract. Brushing with ogre mint is like inviting a magical ogre into your mouth without the fear of getting eaten. It's organic with swamp mint and clover that's so enchanting you'll need to double check you haven't sprouted wings. And who doesn't want tusks as white as a unicorn's mane? Every tube comes with a tusk whitening wand, absolutely free. Ogre mint is recommended by nine out of 10 fairies for teeth that can chomp through dragon scales. And that one fairy? She's just mad we didn't call it fairy mint. With ogre mint, you'll have breath so fresh, it'll blow the gnomes right out of your garden. Grin Green Ogre Paste Ink for a monstrous smile that's fit for a happily ever after. Get brushing and let your grin go ogre green. Welcome to another episode of our deep dive series where we explore cutting edge research and make complex topics accessible to everyone. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen, ready to embark on another insightful journey. Today's show focuses on a fascinating intersection of AI and biology, specifically in the context of RNA sequencing data. Absolutely, Jen. We're looking at a paper titled Using Guided Transfer Learning to Predispose AI Agents to Learn Efficiently from Small RNA Sequencing Datasets, a mouthful but super important in its field. Before we dive into the details, let's set the stage with a bit of context. RNA sequencing, or RNA-seq, refers to the use of high-throughput sequencing technologies to study the presence and quantity of RNA in a biological sample. The data gathered from these methodologies is incredibly rich and complex. Researchers are looking to machine learning, particularly AI, as a means to handle this complexity and glean meaningful insights. However, omics data, such as RNA and DNA sequencing datasets, pose a unique challenge. These data have high dimensionality with loads of features, but they suffer from low sample size, a situation referred to as HDLSS. That's where transfer learning comes in. It's like giving an AI a head start by training it with a base of knowledge that it can then transfer to new related tasks, especially useful when we don't have enough data to train from scratch. The paper we're discussing proposes an advancement called Guided Transfer Learning, or GTL. This goes a step beyond traditional transfer learning by not only giving the AI initial parameters, but also teaching it how to learn more efficiently for a specific data domain. Exactly. Regular transfer learning methods have struggled with HDLSS data, but GTL seems to be a game changer, showing improved performance even with limited data. Seems like we've got a lot to unpack. So let's start with some of the research paper's objectives. The authors aim to prove that GTL can enable an AI to learn efficiently from small RNA-seq datasets. The methodology is clever. They first pre-trained the AI using a colossal dataset, then fine-tuned it on smaller, targeted tasks, essentially predisposing it to be more effective. Results were promising. The AI was better at tasks involving new RNA-seq datasets with very low sample sizes and outperformed non-pre-trained models. This holds substantial implications, Jen. Being able to efficiently analyze RNA-seq data can accelerate scientific discovery, especially when studying rare diseases or conducting critical research in extreme conditions, such as space biology, where data is scarce. As we draw this episode to a close, let's recap. We've explored a paper that could reflect a pivotal shift in how AI handles complex bioinformatics tasks, despite limited data. This AI approach mastered tasks with significant accuracy surpassing traditional AI methodologies without needing large datasets. 
And as we look at the implications, we see a horizon of potential for rapid, accurate analysis of vital biological data, fostering advancements in research fields where such speed and accuracy were previously unattainable. We'll be keeping an eye on how these findings evolve, and more importantly, how they are applied to real-world challenges. As always, we're curious to hear your thoughts on today's topic. Share your reflections with us, and if you want to delve into the details further, check out the paper we've discussed. Until next time, keep learning and stay curious. Are you ready to give your fingertips a break from the relentless tyranny of touchscreens and buttons? Do you wish your headphones could read your mind, literally? Thanks to MindTunes Inc., that's not just a pipe dream anymore. Introducing the weirdly wonderful PsychoSync earwaves. No more shouting into the void for your favorite jams. These bad boys sync right up to your brainwaves. Forget guessing games with the Neuromeld tech. Those earwaves will serenade you with melodies meticulously matched to your mood. Sad thoughts got you down. The blues magically start oozing through the PsychoSync earwaves. Pumping iron? Your brainwaves will summon beats so hardcore you'll feel like the Hulk on leg day. And who needs to remember song titles? Not you. The PsychoSync earwaves will dig through your brain's archives and hit play on that nostalgic nugget from the 90s. But wait, there's more. Feeling adventurous? Try the mental shuffle and boom. You're jamming to a curious cocktail of your neighbor's polka party mix. Never let your ears endure the dull doldrums of predictability again. MindTunes Inc., where you're the DJ and your thoughts spin the records. Get your PsychoSync earwaves today and tune in with your mind. Now, let's get back to the tunes, I mean thoughts, that power our podcast. Thanks, MindTunes Inc.